This is Enjoy Cherokee Voices, a podcast recorded live to deliver in-depth conversations with dynamic people from all corners of Cherokee County. Listeners like you sink into this weekly podcast to learn more about the people that make Cherokee County extraordinary. And now it's time to get to know another neighbor. Here's your host, Jody Drinker. Hello, hello. I am here in the studio today with two guests. I am here with the Cherokee County Coroner, Miss Sally Sims. Hello, Sally. How are you? I'm wonderful. How are you? Good. Welcome. Welcome to Enjoy Cherokee Voices. And Janelle Durrell, you are the Administrative Assistant for the Coroner. Is that correct? I am. Thank you for having me. Well, welcome to the studio. You know, everybody out there, since the pandemic became crime show junkies, right? Yes, Yes, they have. (laughs) And uh, we have our own little crime show junkies right here in this office today. Good. As a matter of fact, went a long time ago when I started deciding that we were going to do the uh, podcast. One of the first people on my list, Sally, was you. I wanted to have the coroner in to talk about what it is the coroner does and why the coroner is elected in Cherokee County. So these are some of the things that I want to get to the bottom of. But before we do that, I know that you have quite a background. If you don't mind, I'd like to kind of touch on that. Where were you born? Uh, I was actually born in England. Interesting. Yep. My dad was an engineer and uh, flight simulator. And um, we transferred transferred over to um, Scotland. And then we went to Texas. And then back to Germany. Then back to Texas and Syracuse, New York. And then ended up in Alpharetta. So he's actually U.S. citizen. Yes, all three of us were U.S. citizens. How long have you been in Cherokee County? Um, I think it's probably close to 25 years. Really? Yes. Well, we're glad you're here. Oh, well, thank you. Yeah. It's beautiful. It's, it's a beautiful county. Where really did you graduate is. from high school? Um, that was Milton High School in mm-hmm. Alpharetta. Mm-hmm. And then uh, I went to Emory University for my uh, bachelor's in nursing, and then Fitchburg University. Uh, for my master's in forensics. You have a master's in forensics. Where is Fitchburg? Uh, Massachusetts. Had to do close to 420 hours on-site education, preceptor, interning. So, But first you were a nurse. Were you a nurse for some time before you went to get your master's? I was. I was a nurse down at Grady. Uh, I was a trauma nurse for close to nine years down there. Oh my um, goodness. I'm sure you saw your... I did. Your share of things it was there. wonderful. And I also worked at the Emory University emergency room for a little bit. Very, you know, unusual cases that you saw there. And uh, then I was a flight nurse for several years for a company called Rescue Air One. What would that be, like a flight for life kind of thing yes. where they come in All like on a helicopter? Mm-hmm. On a helicopter. We were the ones that were shutting down you know, 285 and 75, 575 when there's car accidents. How often, when you're on that shift, when you're working that that helicopter, mm-hmm. how often did you actually go out? Every day? Every shift did you oh, go out? Oh, every day. Yes. Really? Um, gosh, it was back in the day where they were, Cherokee County was calling helicopters all the time to get patients to trauma uh, facilities. Um, there's that golden hour. Um, and it's very important. What is the golden hour? So from the time of the accident um, until the time we can get you to a facility that can treat you. And the quicker we can treat you on scene, um, the better chances of your survival are. So the wreck happens. They fly you in from, from where? From outer lying areas to a level one trauma center or a level two trauma center. At the time, Grady was the only level one trauma center that we had. And now we have Kennestone as well, is that right? We have Kennestone that's a level two, and you have North Fulton that's a level two. But Grady's still the only number one, or level one? AMC is uh, level one also. And where is that? Uh, It's downtown Atlanta. Oh, okay. But yeah, we would fly patients in there. But if you had a burn victim up in this area, we would have to fly you to Augusta. Now we have burn units here, is that what you mean? Wellstar does have a burn unit, and I think it's Austell. Well, I'm just curious, did you have some unusual cases that were traffic-related or something where you flew in and there was something very unusual about those? Oh, there was all kinds of, I mean, sometimes the unfortunate, the meth houses, 
They would explode. You'd have burn victims. We'd fly them up to Chattanooga, or we'd fly them down to Augusta. Really? Mm-hmm. A meth house would just blow up and... Sometimes, yeah. Mm-hmm. Several victims in there then. Yeah. Yikes. I recall when you were working, not that I was there, mind Mm -hmm. you, but I remember you telling me a story about when you were working down at Grady, Mm -hmm. you actually got to know some of the patients, wasn't it? Oh, absolutely. Because they would be repeatedly coming in? Yes. I mean, you'd see them all the time. I mean, they were almost like family. A a few of them you would see every single day. No kidding. You'd discharge them that morning. By the afternoon, they were back. They would have some kind of complaint. Just to get warm, just to have to get a- warm, to get fed, um, just because they didn't have a place to go. There was one female down there. She was hysterical. She would start emptying the linen baskets. She would help out. Sometimes when we got in a crunch, you know, nurses would have her take the labs down to the lab. I mean, oh my goodness! I mean, of course, that's back in the day. You know? <laughs> on Thursday, she was on the payroll. Right. I mean, yes, one she day was, a week. Yeah. <laughs> she was sweet. It's interesting. And she had a family. She just did not want to live with them. She liked it better out on the street. So she was living on the street. She had a family she could Mm -hmm. go home to. Mm -hmm. I think that's not that uncommon, I guess. No, it's not. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Well, okay. So then how many, how many years did you work in the nursing field? All, it sounds like all in trauma or. It's always been. Emergency. uh, Emergency room, critical care, flight nurse, um, I hate saying that. It's probably over 30 years now mm-hmm. and still doing it. You I still, still work. It. Mm-hmm. I'm a charge nurse. I still work three days a week. It, it, can I ask where? At North Fulton. No kidding. In the emergency room. Mm-hmm. So this coroner thing is just like a side gig? No, it's full-time <laughs> also. So you have two full-time jobs? I do. I'm basically 24-7. I am just right now thanking you more for coming <laughs> and spending time with me. I mean, I have deputy coroners. And, and Janella is my, she literally is my right-hand person um, because when I'm in the hospital, you know, officers, families, funeral homes, everybody, they can connect to her. And if she needs anything from me, then she can just give me a quick call. And I have deputy coroners that are wonderful. So they take shifts. We all rotate. How many deputy coroners do you have? I have four. And those are just hired or appointed? They are appointed. And um, they are sworn in. They're sworn Deputy in. coroners. Um, so there's myself and four, and then we have Janella in the office. So tell me what it is, a day in the life of a coroner. What what happens? Well, we start our shift at 6 a.m. in the morning, and we can catch a call at any time. Um, my my day usually starts out, I, I go for a run in the morning, um, and I have the vehicle I have my uniform. I have everything. You're with, with the marshal's office. So you actually have a, a mm-hmm. marshal's vehicle. No. No? We have... Oh, you're not with the marshal's office. No, we're office. not affiliated You just happen to be office. located in the marshal's right. office. So the marshals, they were uh, nice enough to let us um, put our morgue there. So when did the morgue get moved to or get established in the morgue? Uh, I was a deputy coroner at the time. Um, I think it was 2018. 2018? I think, I think. So if I were Not to walk, too long. if I were to walk into the morgue, what would I see? We have a double door that we bring family members in. And when I say family members, the decedents, um, and we have an intake area. So we have a whole um, a board, a processing area that we can put the names of the decedents um, when they came in, whose case it is, if there's any valuables. Mm-hmm. Um, whether they're going to GBI, whether which funeral home they're going to, um, everything has to be logged in. So then if you're looking from that angle, then my morgue, the literal morgue, is on the right-hand side. <clears throat> it's a big silver door. Once the body's processed yeah. and they're tagged, then they would go into the morgue and wait for the funeral home to contact us. If you have multiple people or multiple deceased people in there, yes, would they be in cabinets or in drawers or is it just people would be individually laying on their tray so we have stacked four trays Mm -hmm. um, and one morgue table recently it's been difficult cases the detectives and the investigators and gbi will come back to our morgue um, and we will take pictures and 
evidence and anything we need to do right there in our intake. There's no forensic autopsy that happens in there. It's just if people need to take pictures or right. whatever. That's officers, is, detectives. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Okay. And then normally the body that's there would be taken to the GBI, Correct. if necessary, or to the funeral home of, of the family's choice. Correct. Yes. Okay. We actually have three stacked trays mm-hmm. up, and we can fit comfortably 12 decedents in there. We can actually go up higher um, if we need to. Gosh, we I hope you don't have that. We oh, have, you have had that many. Yes, yes we have. Yes. Well, how many at the most do you think you had? I think we had 10 at one time in there. 10, and I think we've gone close to, to 12. close to 12. And, of course, evidence. We store evidence in there, too, if we need mm-hmm. to. As of late, I mean, I guess I know when you're busy because the news is busy. Yes. Not all of those calls end up in the news. Oh, no. No, not at all. What do you think the percentage of that is? That hit the news? Yeah. Oh, very minimal. Like 5%? I wouldn't even say that. No. I'd say more like 3 Yeah. 3% maybe. It's it's very low. Very low. Okay. You know, it seems like quite a few in the news lately. And it's so heartbreaking. It is. I, I just, you know, there's certain things that are going on. And I know... We're all very curious what happens, you know, these poor people. And I'm really thinking right now about the salon shootings that happened that hit not only our our airwaves or in our newspaper, you know, it was everywhere in the nation. Did you have to go to that scene? Absolutely, yes. As soon as we were notified, my first deputy coroner that was on that day, uh, he responded down to uh, the hospital. I was called. Which hospital did they go to? Uh, Kennestone. Okay, so, so even though that's in Cobb County, mm-hmm. you rushed down to Cobb, or your deputy did go down. He did. Mm-hmm. He went down there. Um, he had two victims there. And then I went out to the scene with the second deputy coroner, or my th- and my third deputy coroner at the time, he helped uh, cover the rest of the county. So if anything happened in the rest of the county, he would take care of that. Did anything so, else happen that, that time? No, we were, we were, we were good Okay, good. But he was on call. So you stayed at the scene. Yes. What did you do at the scene? We do our routine uh, investigation. Everything is procedural. Every case, we look at exactly the same. Um, It's a process, so you you never miss anything. And before we ever go into a scene, whether it be a natural death, whether it be a criminal death, we always have permission from the sheriff's office, the detectives. We never go in by ourselves, ever. Mm -hmm. And we start to collect evidence. And when I say evidence, we start looking at things. We don't touch anything. Do you take a camera? That would be the CID, the the detectives, and GBI. Um, CID? uh, That is with the sheriff's office. Criminal Investigation Investigation Division. Division. Okay. So we work very, very closely so when you take evidence, are you just taking notes about evidence? Is that what you're doing? We're taking notes. Evidence, let's say we find projectiles. That will be the CID officers uh, that collect that. What is a projectile? After you've uh, shot the gun, uh, the spent spent cartridge, bullet casing, bullet okay. casing things like that. Mm-hmm. So, if there's blood splat- splatter, that would be a picture that's taken by the investigative department, yes, too. Yes. But you might make note of you saw these oh, things. We make notes of everything. Mm-hmm. Yes. And then, of course, the decedent, that is ours. That's our, our, all of our assessments from a head to toe assessment of injuries, any marks, any blood spatter, any, everything. We go through all of that. So you had two victims that were deceased on the scene, and Correct. they were there, and that's when you are really just checking out everything mm-hmm. that is around them. Yes. Okay. And then who, you can't declare anybody dead, can you, or can we you? Do. Oh, you that's do? That's exactly what we do. Okay. So the time of death is when we lay eyes on the decedent. Do you check the pulse? You do. Usually on a natural scene, Fire Rescue has gotten there. They've checked a pulse. They've put them on the, uh, their monitor. They've checked. So by the time I get there, they're deceased. But the time of death is when I, I lay okay. eyes on them. All right. What if a doctor? A doctor can. A doctor can pronounce someone yes. dead as well. Yes. Okay. Yes. So in the hospitals, 
we'll go by the time of death that the physician put down. Mm-hmm. But on scene, gotcha. it's my deputy coroners and myself. And and I think there's a little bit of, you know, you'll talk to families, and unfortunately, if they've been down for a few days, and you tell them that, and they'll say, well, when do you think they, they passed away? And you tell them, I think it was Saturday. They'll go to the funeral homes, and they'll say, well, she said that it was Saturday. But truthfully, it was that Wednesday when I got out there. Yeah, that's what would be recorded right. as correct as history. That's sort a legal of, yeah. time of right. death. Right, a legal yeah. time of death. Yeah. Gotcha. So then the scene that you're at, I mm-hmm. can't even imagine. Honest to God. I mean, we're talking about this sort of matter-of-factly, but I can't imagine how this scene would impact my life and how, how I would go home and think about it for days and weeks and years. Bless your heart for being able to do this for us because somebody has to do it. I think um, I always think, I mean, of course, we always think of safety first, you know, with the, the public, the officers, and of course, the officers always take care of us. So safety always comes first, but then you think of the families. Mm-hmm. And then that's who you truly, you know, that's, that's who stays in your mind. Right. Yeah. Are you there sometimes in the family? Or, sometimes the family Absolutely. is there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. So oh, my gosh. We talk to the family. I, we console the family. Yeah, you're quite a little counselor, aren't you? I am. Yeah, I've been on scene but. with her, and I've seen her stay with the family for over an hour till they were done with questions and crying and talking to her, and she will just stay there the entire time. Hold that thought. We'll be right back. Coming this August, join us at the Mill on Etowah for the first annual Etowah Wildlife Expo, where we have plenty of space for you to have fun. We will have fishing and float demonstrations, a falconry presentation, retriever demonstration, a reptile show, and a kid's carnival zone with live music. So come on and join us August 21st and 22nd for fun with the whole family. You can get free tickets for the whole family at EtowahWildlifeExpo.com. When you came earlier, you were talking about a very unusual case. Was this case with the cow? Was that in Cherokee County? It was. It was. Tell me about the moment you got the phone call that you needed to go to this. So I was actually, I was actually going to get my teeth cleaned, um, <laughs> and I was like, I'm pretty oh, sure anything I can to get out of the dentist. We are like kindred spirits. <laughs> no, Seriously. I love my dentist. Literally, I thought I've got 30 minutes. I can just, you know, and they're very good with me. If I catch a call, they're like, oh, okay, we understand. So the first call that came in was a cow kicked the gentleman in the chest, and he's down. I said, oh, okay, so I started heading that way. The second call came in, it looks like there's a gunshot to the chest. So this call is coming in from officers Dis- that mm-hmm. were on the scene? It's or dispatch. Dispatch. Okay. So I get out on the scene, and uh, it's down a very long driveway. One of the officers meets me at the top, and the first time we go down, we go down in the back of a police car. Beautiful property, a lot of land, wooded area, and there's creeks and just beautiful property through mud and everything else to get to the scene. So I get there, I pronounce, um, I take a look, I find out what I need. The fire department was wonderful. Uh, They had gators. They've got every piece of equipment you can think that you need. Um, So they were wonderful. The cow, I am an animal lover, and the poor cow was suffering. (gasps) And I, I was looking at the fire department, I was like, somebody needs to euthanize him. You need to shoot her. It was a female. I was like, you've got to shoot her. Take her down. And, of course, the officer's sheriff office did shoot. So they did put her out of her misery. Well, then the investigation starts, and I can see the injury to the decedent. And the cow had given birth. She had become septic, um, sick. These two gentlemen were trying to walk her down and get her to an area where they could put her down or they could slaughter her. And the cow headbutted the one gentleman um, in the chest, went for him, knocked him down. So the other gentleman across the creek, and they were family, he shot at the cow because he thought the other gentleman was going to be injured. And in that, the bullet, the projectile ended up in my decedent. 
So when he stuck to his story and kept saying, I shot the cow, I shot the cow, I had no idea how the fur of a cow and their their bone structure is so dense. Mm-hmm. Um, I had pulled... Did it look like by the position of where the cow was and the person that had died, Does it? did it look like that was almost impossible for that it projectile to happen? It was almost empirically impossible that he could have shot the cow and ended up... Was there blood on the cow? Like, did you see yes, that the cow was shot? Yes, there was blood shot? coming out of the nostrils of the cow. And that's oh. all we could see. And I was... Oh, so were you kind of thinking maybe there were two bullets? No, he said he had only shot one time. And of course, the investigators can, you know, they check a weapon. Did he hand many. the weapon over? Here oh, it is. Oh, absolutely. Oh, they, yes, this family was very, very cooperative. He was cooperative. But we needed to prove what happened on scene. Mm-hmm. And, absolutely. And um, I got my local vet out, uh, equine vet, and I said, you know, can y'all take some pictures Take some x-rays of the head. Let's see what's, you know, if there's a projectile in there. I didn't realize how dense a cow's head was because um, I have horses. So, of course, took the horses x-rays. Horses are, are thicker. I mean, cows no. are thicker than horses. Oh, yes. Yes. Oh, my um, gosh. So we took the pictures, didn't see anything. And, I, you know, we the fire departments, CID, myself, we're all kind of standing around. And I said, well, we need to take the head. He swears he shot him in the head. I'm, we're going to take the head. And, and at first I thought, well, I'll send him down to GBI. They'll do the autopsy or the necropsy mm-hmm. um, of the bovine down there, but they don't do that. So I took the cow's head, the fire department uh, took the cow's head off, put him in a body bag, put him on the back of a gator, took him to my uh, vehicle. And then the decedent went back, took care of the decedent, took him with me also. The next day, GBI took my decedent, and the cow's head I called Athens, UGA. They wouldn't take him. I called Auburn. They didn't want to do it. I called Because ten- you're looking for some, somebody to do an autopsy mm-hmm. on this yep, cow's, on cow's head. head. And the family was very gracious in saying, yes, go ahead and do this. Do you have x-ray equipment in your morgue? I do not. Okay, no. so you couldn't even get that. You nope. needed to get all nope. of this. Because the okay. x-rays that the equine vet had done, we couldn't see anything. Okay. So finally, I had called several other mm-hmm. pathology labs. Nobody could do it. Somebody at UGA must have said something to one of the pathologists. She was very uh, curious. <laughs> I would imagine, right? <laughs> and I right? said, you know, this could potentially be a homicide. So they did get involved. So one of my deputy coroners did take the, uh, the, the head up to Athens. The pathologist did the necropsy, and sure enough, it came back that the bullet had gone in behind the right ear and had come out the cow's nostril. And literally at that split second, that cow must have just angled towards the gentleman across the creek, and the bullet hit him. There's so many crazy things going on in my head right now. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, just think about it. It, it kind of, the cow sort of moved like, like a slide. Yes, so it aimed it at that gentleman. Yes. And the cow lived. No, the cow's dead. I know, but the cow, you had to go there and yes. put that cow down. Oh, so I then the sheriff's office did. Right. <laughs> so the, the bullet went through this cow's, from the ear to yes. the snout. And yep. still lived. And still lived. I mean, somebody had to put that cow down. Was, yeah. She was suffering. She was suffering. Oh, that's horrifying. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. That's a, that's yeah. a lot of info. Well, but thank goodness, because... <laughs> What a relief. Look at all that investigation that you Mm -hmm. made sure happened, and that gentleman that fired that gun can rest easily knowing exactly what happened. Yes. That family has a lot to thank you for. Oh, well, they can, the fire department, the sheriff's office. Everybody. Everybody. And and truly when, you know, with some of these horrific events that have, have happened in Cherokee, we all come together. The fire department, the sheriff's office, um, the police forces, everybody, you know, the commissioners, uh, everybody comes together Mm -hmm. to make sure everybody's okay. And the support, I mean, just even if I I have seen, when I've been on scene with her, the few times that I've been on scene, the support across the departmental level is phenomenal here in Cherokee County. So you're talking between the cities and the county. The cities and the counties and the sheriff's department, Mm -hmm. EMS, marshals, everybody. I mean, it's there. The first thing I'm asking, what do you need? 
What yes. do you need? What can I do for you? You know what? I think that has to do with the heart in all of you heroes because you're all in it for one purpose, to serve the families. Yeah, the families, oh, the neighbors, yep. the people. This, I mean, this could be our families at some point. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's going to be our families. Yes. Um, so you hope that you have somebody who cares and that can answer the questions and, and be there for you. Well, speaking of honoring families, um, being able to help families, I've just noticed how the entire community has really pulled together to help the Burson family. Perhaps one of the saddest things that's happened in Cherokee County since I've lived here over 20 years as well. I imagine you were on the scene for that as well. Is that right? Yes. Horrifying. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Is that about one of the worst? Probably. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, it was tough. Uh, it's it's tough to have to look at, you know, of course, the family and the other officers on scene. And yeah. and I went to the hospital. I was, you know, down in the emergency room um, with him So and with all the officers there. But I have to say, you know, Holly Springs officers were there, sheriff's office, traffic officers, and there were actually Marietta officers. So... They all came together. Everybody came together. And the fire department, again, was huge. Eddie Robinson, I mean, he went above and beyond. Several of their squads went above and beyond to help our office out Mm -hmm. with the investigation and transporting and absolutely. I've just been so impressed with how people have pulled together and and helped this family try and cope with what's going on and... Thanks for sharing a little bit of that with us as well. Are there any happy stories? Do you have some stories that that you can say, you know what, there have been some times that I've really made some positive differences? I do. I do. And and I've always said it's very important. Education is, and communication is just, it's number one. And I did have one case. He was young, gentleman maybe late 30s if I remember correctly, but um, his wife had gotten up to go to work as usual and he did not wake up. So we get on scene and, you know, I always ask medical problems, medications that you take, you know, any medical problems, any complaints you've had over the last couple of days, um, have you been to the hospital lately, anything. And this gentleman was a runner. He Hmm. actually had a twin brother. He had children, young children, Mm. and um, I just couldn't find anything. No drugs, just nothing. This was a... What was the cause of death? He just, he just, his heart stopped or... Mm -hmm. But when his autopsy came back, um, it really did show some genetic factors. Oh. Um, They were very important, you know, for the family, for his children, and for his brother, So when I called the spouse, I said, you know, we need to go through and talk about some of these things on the autopsies that we found. And I think it's imperative that the children, you know, see the pediatrician um, and get checked out. And sure enough, I I drove over there uh, as soon as I got the autopsy back and uh, we discussed everything on there. He had cardiac abnormalities that were genetic factors. I mean, they, they impacted his children, and they could definitely impact his, you know, twin brother. So I felt like it was it was an educational moment that I could have, I, I helped, I hope I helped um, for future. Absolutely. It sounds like you did several yeah. generations. Yes, and of she help. did. She had the children checked out immediately. The brother immediately went to the cardiologist. It's horrible to think that we have to send somebody down for an autopsy, but it really does bring closure to a family in Mm -hmm. some circumstances, the education, the genetic factors. And we do, we look at things that you eat, things that you drink, your everyday life of what you do, vitamins, um, herbs that you think wouldn't hurt you. It's things like that that really can impact um, Mm -hmm. education and you you can make a difference in somebody's life. Somebody told me they have some problems with heart in their family and they're not supposed to drink these monster drinks. Yes. So even even out on scene, the officers, I'm like, we check the refrigerator. We we look through all kinds of things at houses. Your refrigerators, what you eat, what you drink. 
And a lot of the times I find these monster drinks and, you know, the Red Bulls. And when you have heart conditions and you have underlying factors, comorbidities, these drinks that people think are very, you know, helpful. They think they're helpful and um, get you through the day. Oh, it can. It, It can tip the scales yes. in the wrong yeah. direction yes. and and have i drank monster drinks i have <laughs> i mean you I'm heard it here first folks <laughs> right all She's seven listeners are <laughs> and, but i try to tell the officers i'm like you know don't drink these drinks don't do this don't take that you somehow know? i see those firefighters going oh i need me oh a, i know yeah i need me a monster drink and and, you, and when we are on 24-hour shifts and when we're in the emergency room and the fire department you know the fire guys are they're on long shifts and case after case and yeah. You know, it is. And some of them do taste good, but. Not um, if you have a heart condition. We, we do as a, as a whole all need to be very careful yeah. of these, these kind of things. So Just a little water. Yes, water is oh, the best gosh. thing for all of us. But, um, but I do think in a lot of these cases, and even death certificates, if you look at a death certificate, they will tell you a lot. If you look at, um, you know, I always tell families, Three generations from now, you can look at that death certificate and know that I've put down a cardiac event, and it's secondary to hypertension. It's it's third to diabetes. These are factors that when you go to the, your family doctor and they say, well, do you have any family history of anything? Well, now you can tell them, well, yeah, my grandmother or my great-grandmother or whatever had atherosclerotic cardiovascular disease and, you know, hypertension and diabetes and... And people have to be unafraid to write those on their doctor reports. Right. Correct. Because how many times, you know, I go in there and go, you know, my mother passed from cancer. Mm-hmm. And it's really easy to go, I don't even want to mention it. Right. You know, but, but you have to you put have that to. down. You, you have, have to. to. Yeah. It's educating your physician. Right. Exactly. Right. So, oh. and, it, and it gives them an idea of what to look for. Mm-hmm. Um, you know. Gives them a heads up. And, and a lot of these things, can we can prevent them at mm-hmm. a very young age. You know, all those Big Macs that I ate when I was a, a teenager. Uh-oh. Um, you know, are they going to come back to bite me? Mm-hmm. They will. Big mm. Mac has a big bite. Yeah. Mm. The first twinge of a chest pain, I'm going to be like, ugh, due to that Big Mac. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, smoking is a number one oh. thing that, that's a number one killer. Right I know. There. I know. And it's so hard to stop. Yes, it is. People. It is. It's like me with a bag of cheese puffs when I stress out. Oh, I know it's going to kill me. I know. On that note, we're going to be right back. Medicare, what a headache. Where do I sign up? When's the enrollment period? Who can keep up with Medicare and all that other red tape? I'll tell you who. Bonnie Dobbs with the Bonnie Dobbs Agency. Bonnie and her team know all the answers when it comes to Medicare and other red tape. They might even help you find benefits you didn't even know you qualified for. Call Bonnie today if you're turning 65, retiring after 65, changing your living location, losing employer or union insurance coverage. Bonnie can help you with all things Medicare. Bonnie Dobbs is a licensed insurance broker who specializes in senior health benefits. There is never a fee for services, and you will never get that high-pressure sales runaround. Call today at 770-373-7541. That's 770-373-7541. Can I ask you anything? Sure. Go ahead. So, um, what do you get paid? <laughs> is this like so, so you get paid as much as you know president of the united states oh, or i could only wish no um so in title 45 we are paid 175 dollars per case and a hundred dollars to transport down to gbi and 30 dollars to release a decedent from the morgue i do not take a salary you're not a salaried position I'm, this is not a salaried position and oh that, my gosh! That is why I work three days um, at the hospital as a as a nurse. So you have how many hours? Three days? What? Thirty six hours. Thirty six hours. So you work thirty six hours a week as a full time nurse. Then yes, is that right? Yes. And then you have you have to be on shift three full twenty four hour shifts. Is that right? 
No, 12-hour shifts at the hospital. I know, but here, when you're on a shift for the coroner's office. Oh, I'm 24. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm basically on, I'm 24-7. The coroner is 24-7. 365? 365 days of the year. If something catastrophic, God forbid, happens and I'm at the hospital, I'm, I'm going to have to leave the hospital. And they're aware of that. That's yes, all. Yes. Part of the gig. Yes. So, you, so I usually work, you know, I have one deputy coroner that works um, Friday night, Saturday, and Sunday. So usually I will, I will work at the hospital um, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday because I know those days are covered. So Monday, basically Monday through Thursday, give or take, I'm in our office. Whether I'm is, in meetings, whether I'm on call, whether if I'm you, working. Do you get paid to go to meetings? I, no. No. This is remarkable to me. You have $175. That's what you get for a call. I mean, that means one call and all the investigation that goes with that. That's right. not just right. the two so, hours you go out there for the call. No, this is everything that goes into that right. call. But I don't, I don't do this for the money. I don't. I would want somebody to treat myself and my family with respect, with education, and to that I could put a peace of mind. I could I could give closure to somebody, and that's what makes me do this job. It's a public service. That's what you're doing. Mm -hmm. It truly is. You could easily go days without getting paid. I do go days. Yeah, absolutely. Because if we don't if we don't get catch a call, which is a good Hopefully, thing, really. Which is a good thing. <laughs> um, then no, I've yeah. put in close to, I don't know, like today I'll put in 10 hours of work and, and no, get paid. no pay. No. But wow. I love what I do. Yes, you do. So. And that's, that's what makes. That shines through in, right. in so many ways. Yeah. So again, thank you. So my parents always said, as long as you're doing what you love, then you don't have to get paid for it. That's right. So I do. Well, one of the questions I came to the table with was, why is a coroner elected? Do you have an answer to that? You know, before I was a deputy coroner, I just thought you were appointed. Um, and it goes back to old England. It's a check and balance system. Mm-hmm. So, What is it checking and balancing? It does balances between, Janella can probably help me with this, it it goes between um, the sheriff's office, the sheriff's office, the tr- and treasurer, our office. and well, folks, you know what? We're very lucky because we have somebody in the office today. Will Cooper actually is a history buff, and he said, "What are you going to ask Sally Sims today?" Perfect. And I said, "This is one of the questions," and he is all about this, so he has really good answers. Oh, excellent! So, Will, can you come over and tell us exactly why we elect a coroner? Well, thank you for the intro. Uh, The coroner is normally elected. It was, as you said, Sally, back in England, back in the 1600s, it was started because there was tax breaks and things like that. And the crown could actually take people who passed away, they could take their estate. And that became part of the really kind of the the system that they made money off of for a while. So the word coroner comes from crowner, which was the original English term. So it was somebody that came from the crown. It came into America in the colonies, but it really started taking hold in the Old West when there were the sheriffs that happened in bleeding Kansas and things like that mm-hmm. with the pro-slavery, anti-slavery movements, they would be there to make sure that if the sheriff shot somebody, it was justified or see why that happened and things like that. Okay. Which is why now the coroner is the only one that can actually arrest the sheriff. Exactly. That's how it works. We're not going to, though, by the way. Yes. <laughs> we love our sheriff. We, we love our sheriff. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much, Will. Isn't that interesting? You, it is. you nailed it with the England thing. Yeah. Good job. Good job. But yeah, you. Um, we did look back this morning. You won the election by se- with 72% of the vote. Yes. Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. What was it like to go in an election? Oh, my goodness. I, um, there was fear. There was, I think every emotion I could think of uh, was there. And I think anxiety I, um, would just be through oh, the roof it was, for me. Yeah, it was. It was definitely through the roof. A lot of work. Um, Yes. A lot of work. Yes. Yeah. And then is it a four-year term? Yes. So Yes, it is. Yippee. That's coming up again. Yay. Yep. Yep. <laughs> Get to do it all over. <laughs> if you want to, I guess. Absolutely. I, oh, sure. I love what I do, and I will be here as long as our county wants me here. <laughs> Sally, explain to the general public, because I know um, until I started working with you, I did not understand the dynamics of the process from the time you bring a decedent into the morgue 
the process that the family needs to understand on getting their loved one to you, to the funeral home, to the time they get the death certificate, that waiting process, because that is so hard for families because they don't understand that there is paperwork involved. There is a lot of paperwork involved. So as soon as I go out on scene, I give you uh, time of death, sometimes give you, the majority of the times I can give you a cause and manner right there, and they come back to the morgue, or they can go to the funeral home. I do call the funeral homes right from the residence um, so they can expedite them to a, a funeral home. We talk to the funeral home. The family talks to the funeral home. They, both of us have to give critical information. The funeral home will put the death certificate into a system called GAVERS, and it's an electronic system that comes to us, every deputy coroner and myself, and we fill the death certificate out. But within that, in our office, uh, Janella takes our case file, um, our report. She makes a file. Um, she follows up with the GAVR system. She follows up with autopsy reports. If your loved one has to go down for an autopsy, sometimes we can get them down that day. Other day, sometimes we have to wait several days. Up to uh, one case had to wait a week and a half. And it's all depending on the GBI if they have a table um, that's available. Mm. And so then we transport them down there. They get the autopsy. And then they either go to the funeral home. They can go there. The funeral home will pick them up from GBI. Or if it's an indigent case or there's something pending, an investigation, they'll have to come back to our morgue. So our deputy coroners will go and pick the decedent up from GBI and bring them back to the morgue. Everything has to be logged in. Um, everything that we do is tracked, you know, valuables on these decedents, um, tags on there, everything. Janella has to check everything on mm -hmm. there. And statistics, we report to Seamans, um, um, the Sheriff's Office, all Holly Springs, um, Woodstock, all of the Canton, all of them we give all our case files to as far as our statistics. Um, the different cases we have, medical um, records have to be subpoenaed um, from the hospitals, doctors, dentists, things like that. So, so, if it's so, a difficult, yeah. so if it's a difficult case and I'm a family member mm -hmm. and all I know is I've got to go to the funeral home and then I need my death certificate to right. send to Social Security or the insurance company, and I'm upset because I don't understand why I can't get that death certificate. Right. What would be some of the reasons that I would have to wait for my death certificate? So, of course, when you go down for an autopsy, nine out of ten times they're going to do pathology and toxicology. Toxicology reports are taking close to about 150 days to get back. No kidding. Yes. So if I want a death certificate, it's going to take, it could Correct. take more than 150 days. Absolutely. So what we can do, Deputy Coroners and myself, we can issue a pending death certificate. Ah. And the funeral homes are very, very good about explaining that. And all the funeral homes, you know, have my number. They'll call and say, Sally, this family ne needs a pending death certificate. Not a problem. We will issue them a pending. The problem with a pending is it will clear some things, but life insurance policies... It's not a certified death certificate, so it has no information on there. Probably not a bank account. Some bank it accounts, depends on the they, bank. it depends yeah. on the bank, and we have issued certified letters um, for families. Mm -hmm. um, we will do whatever we can to help them. Yeah. So, but, but I think that's the process that helps. If the general public understands the process, mm -hmm. Then it helps them understand you will get a death certificate. If it's a natural death, you're probably going to get it a lot quicker if they have to go down yes. to GBI. It's going to take a little bit longer, and yeah. here's why. Mm -hmm. Because of exactly. the autopsy reports yeah. and everything is not done in our office. And again, the public really doesn't understand that everything's not done in our office. Yes. Right. So that, that's a good information yeah. for the public to have. Mm -hmm. Is there anything else that you wish the public knew about? It's on the guidelines of prevention. I. Elderly are, are, are very close to my heart. And we always hear families say, well, I couldn't get hold of my family member over the weekend, 
and I couldn't get hold of them Monday. So, you know, by Wednesday, I still couldn't get them. That's when they called the sheriff's office and said, you know, can you send out somebody for a welfare check? Just checking on, on your family members, the elderly especially. And when, when you know, should they check? Let's just say I have a standing phone call on Monday, Wednesday, and Saturday. Mm-hmm. When am I bugging somebody? I think, well, my mom, and it may be because of who I am, but I make my mom um, every single morning between 8 and 9 just text me, good morning. Your just, mother texts you? Yes. Just so I know. <laughs> just so She's I know. so high tech. Oh, my mother. I like Ooh, to meet this woman. Up, my mother's. <laughs> her mother's amazing. Yes. She's out for morning swim, her aerobics class, her yoga class, walking with her friends, yeah, and her painting class, but she, it has always been that she is to check in just to say good morning every single day, Mm -hmm. and if I don't hear from her, I start to worry. Nine out of ten times, she's gone to her painting class or aerobics, and oh, I forgot to text you, but I think if families just keep up with each other. And that check-in process is key. Yes. I check in with my mom every Wednesday. That's our day. Yeah. But what if she? What if you miss her on a Wednesday, and you try on a Thursday? I'm driving over there. Right. What if you're not in town? Then when I'm, is it? When is it too early to call for a welfare check? Well, and it's not. We were talking. There is something called um, Are You Okay program um, with the sheriff's office, and they with elderly people will check in is it daily that they, they check? register them with the program the yeah. persons the family members can call and register their mom or their dad with this are you okay program and i think it's they'll call them every every couple of weeks or i don't know what their I time think. is on on that on calling in but they'll call and give a physical check talk you mean to call the, by showing up the share no the sheriff's department will call them and physically talk to them and make sure they're yeah. okay on oh, behalf okay. of the yeah. family. If they can't get them, then they'll go show up. It's a very good program. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I think it may be every other day, every couple of days, but it, but it's worth it. But if is you, this what this is right? Oh, here? I, I'm oh, just okay. having to write it down. But if but if you have a family member that that is elderly, that is sick, or has has problems, dementia, dementia, depression. Any kind of problems, it's good to just keep checking on each other. And people check on your neighbors. And utilize your neighbors, yes. too. Utilize yeah. your neighbors to walk over and check on your mom right. or your dad or mm-hmm. your grandma. So, number one, you could save somebody's life. Isn't that um, something? It really is. So. Yeah. Right. Well, I think yeah. our society in general, unfortunately, today, has trained us to don't get in anybody's business. Interesting. Yeah. It yes. really has. Everybody mind your own business. Don't get involved. Walk by. Don't pay attention to that because that's a yeah. societal thing now. But we need to go back to the days where we do take care of our elderly. And if someone yeah. is normally active and all of a sudden they're not, just give them a phone call. Walk over, knock on the door. Hey, just want to make sure you're okay. That's not getting anybody's business. That's taking care of yeah. them. That's right. You know, I, would, I would wish somebody would do it for me. Yeah. Right. I mean, I don't have to be elderly. Sometimes I'm just sick and I'm down and single young ladies or single young gentlemen live by themselves, fall down with the flu, but don't have any family here. Check on your neighbor. Mm -hmm. Good point. Just check on your neighbor. That's all you got to do. We should do that. We should start a check on your neighbor program. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's a great idea. We could do that. I'll do it. Yeah. Yeah. All right. You heard it here first. We're going to start up a new program. (laughs) (laughs) And Janella, Janella, no, we're putting Janella in charge of it. (laughs) Great. All right. Is there anything else that you'd like to to chat about today? No, this was wonderful. Thank you so much for having me. Absolutely. This was was great. This was fun. Thank you. This was a lot of fun. Well, before we wrap this whole thing up, we are going to have a little fun together with a little quickie questions. That's hard to say. Quickie questions. (laughs) Right after this message, we'll be back. Coming this August, join us at the Mill on Etowah for the first annual Etowah Wildlife Expo, where we have plenty of space for you to have fun. We will have fishing and float demonstrations, a falconry presentation, retriever demonstration, a reptile show, and a kid's carnival zone with live music. So come on and join us August 21st and 22nd for fun with the whole family. You can get free tickets for the whole family at etowahwildlifeexpo.com. We are going to do something fun. You ready? Yes. This is called Quickie Questions with Sally Sims. Oh, God. This is off the cuff. 
baby. You got to get, you got to be quick. Okay. You ready? Yes. I feel like this is sort of like improv. Loosen up. Loosen up. You ready? Yes. Do you prefer the beach or the lake? Beach. Cake or pie? Pie. Flavor? Pecan. What's your biggest fear? Heights? No. Freddy uh, Krueger? No. Public speaking? Yes. No. Listen. Yes. Listen. <laughs> oh, for crying in the mud. All It'd right. probably be. I, it does. It, yes. Public speaking. Is this a, isn't public. We're just sitting yeah, in a room this is a gabbing. Lot of fun. All right. What is your favorite movie of all time? <gasps> Stand by me. <gasps> With the little kids going yes. for the walk? Okay. Yes. Oh. Ah. Uh-oh. Yes. It's the Briar Boy. Oh. <laughs> See? A corner oh, loves <laughs> a corner movie. Okay. Uh, what was your childhood nickname? I didn't have one. None? Mm-mm. What'd your daddy call you? Just Sally. I mean, it was always Sally. Or though when I was in trouble half the time, it was Sally Ann. Sally Ann. <laughs> yep. Do you prefer an ice cream or a snow cone? Ice cream. Flavor? Mint chocolate chip. Least flavor. Least liked flavor of ice cream. Chocolate. And I will t- <laughs> Wow. I don't know if I should tell this, but... So I came back from a scene, and um, unfortunately it was a um, decomp, and... What does that mean? Um, the decedent had been there um, for several weeks Oh, in the heat. I did wear a mask, but it wasn't very fitting, and I got home, and I just happened to want some chocolate ice cream and my sensories my olfactory must have been off because of what I had been at and I can no longer eat chocolate ice cream it's it, yikes it's yeah mixed with the yeah it just every it's single just, time and, I, and I've tried different brands well and, they say taste and smell can correct. really take you back right and it's to, not even I th- it's just it tastes like I was I'm seeing there. I'm seeing again. Yeah. Oh my wow. gosh. Well, on that note, <laughs> so, perhaps well, I can eat chocolate, just not chocolate ice cream. All right. Well, I got. I got what's your favorite book? <gasps> oh, I have so many of them of all time. Oh. The one you always go back to. Oh, I. I mean, my. Fa- I just have favorite authors. I mean, John Conley. Um, I mean, back in the day, it was Stephen King. Goodness, I just have so many. There's so many of them. All right. There's so many. Love books. What's your favorite restaurant in Cherokee County? There's so many. You got to pick Dude. one. Just one. I like Union. <laughs> what is it? Union Grill? Oh, Up Union Hill Grill. Providence. We were Keith's just talking about lot, that. Though, oh, I love Keithsburg. Keithsburg That's Cafe. my. Oh, yes. Where's that? What is that? Oh, Keithsburg oh. Cafe. What is this? It's right yes. up here on Highway 5, headed towards Ball Ground. They're only yep. open until 2 o'clock, but they have yep. the best breakfast, Keithsburg best lunch. Keithsburg Cafe. Oh. And the yes. other one that has com- incredible Southern food is um, Jessica's. Georgian right Hills. Georgian Hills. Oh. Little hole in the wall places, but they I have the best numb. country food. Mm-hmm. Georgian Hills yep. and Keysburg Cafe. Yeah. Okay. And she does. Jessica does catering. Mm-hmm. Uh oh. Oh yes. <laughs> and you want to talk about cakes and pies? Mmm. Wow. Sounds oh, yes. good. Yes. As long as she doesn't bring any chocolate ice cream. <laughs> no. no. All right. No, she takes care of me though. <laughs> Sally. Janella, it's been a pleasure. Thanks again for coming in. Thank you so much. Thank you for having us. It's been a blast. It was a lot of fun. I'm glad. I'm glad you had a good time. Thank you. Enjoy Cherokee Voices and Enjoy Cherokee Magazine are produced by EMI, a nationally recognized award-winning multimedia content producer. Copyright 2021. All rights reserved. For additional information about this and all of our podcasts, visit enjoycherokee.com. If you enjoyed this show, click subscribe and take some time to rate and review the podcast now. It really does help us succeed in the booming world of podcasts. And now, stay tuned for Fun Facts with Katie. And we're back with Fun Facts with Katie. Welcome. Woo. Well, what'd you think? Did you learn anything about a coroner? I did. I really didn't know a whole lot about the coroner's position and some of those crazy cases that they go on. It's really interesting. I know. You know, she actually said I could maybe go along with her on a ride once. Oh, I bet that'd be fun. I know, but then I kind of chickened out. Yeah. 
It's a little... Could be a little, like, sad, maybe. She's such a good counselor. I can Mm -hmm. see just from her personality. She's very soft-spoken. And she really does listen and care. Mm -hmm. So I think she would be a really... It would be very, very good for me to see her in action in in the counseling position. Yeah, that would be very interesting. Yeah. Kind of like Criminal Minds, but in real life. Criminal Minds. Maybe That's less intense. Favorites. Sometimes criminal minds can be a little bit much. We don't have, you know, I bet she doesn't go on a lot of serial killer cases and stuff in Cherokee. I, I, I hope not. Yeah. That's all I have to Same. say about that. Yeah. I hope not. <laughs> Knock on wood. Yeah. So anyway, tell me, did you have any facts to look up? Yes, we do have some facts. Let's hear it, kiddo. So one of the things that kind of turned my head was when Sally was talking about the necropsy of, uh, during the cow case. Necropsy. Necropsy. Yep. I kind of caught that phrase too, and I should have went back and asked her about it, but I didn't. Yeah. But. So according to Merriam-Webster, a necropsy is an autopsy performed on an animal. So it's essentially another word for an autopsy, but it's specifically one performed on an animal. Interesting. So I wonder why it's called autopsy on a human. Autopsy. What was the other one? Necro- necropsy. And it has to do know. with the whole animal. It's not just because it was the head. Mm-mm. It just says neck. performed on an animal, yeah. Above the neck, neck crops. I don't know. We no. could look up the etymology of these words. The I origin don't even know how autopsy. to say that word. <laughs> etymology. It sounds like etymame. That's my uh, English major oh, word yeah. for the day. You're so smart. So another thing that she talked about um, that her and Janella talked about was the Are You Okay program. And so I thought we should give a little bit more information to our community Refresh me. About was that the that? one about the calling in on? Mm-hmm. Okay. The yep. welfare check. Welfare essentially. check. Essentially. So it's provided by the Cherokee Sheriff's Office um, and it's called the R-U-O-K program and it's spelled out like R-U-O-K in letters. R-U-O-K program. Oh, just four letters. Yep. Huh? Yeah. R-U-O-K. And it's a free community service. It is for senior citizens and residents with disabilities. Um, and it basically provides a daily phone call to ensure that you're Okay a welfare check every single day. And the only requirements to be part of this program is that you're a resident of Cherokee County and that you have a telephone. And so if your family members, maybe they live far away or you just feel like it would be beneficial to you or a loved one to have a welfare check on them, then the sheriff's office will call. And when you subscribe to it, you will choose a time of day that would work best for you. So say, you know, you know you're always home at 8 a.m. every day. And so they'll give you a call, you answer, just confirm your well-being, and if you do not answer after a few attempts, the sheriff's office will dispatch a deputy to your residence just to make sure, come and check in that you're okay. I think this is one of the coolest programs I've ever heard of. I really right. never heard of that before mm-hmm. Before today. Yeah. it's. It, I could see it's very helpful to some people who... Maybe they don't have someone to check in on them every day. Maybe their family lives far away. Maybe they don't really have any family. Right. Um, maybe, you know, they use a wheelchair or something like that where if something were to happen, yes, someone, someone should be checking in on them every day. I think it would be even great if you had it. Like, even if somebody lived with you, let's mm-hmm. just say. So my husband, James, his mother mm-hmm. lived with us for quite some time. Mm-hmm. And when I would go to work, I would worry about her. Right. And it would be kind of nice just to have even if even I was a midday gone. yeah just midday a midday mm-hmm. hey how's it going yeah absolutely there's lots of information on mm. the Cherokee County Sheriff's Office website which is CherokeeGA-Sheriff.org um, you can find this information under the public info tab by clicking on the are you okay program um, and there's a list of questions that can assess you know whether you really would be a benefit for this program or not Lots of good information on it. That is so cool. Well, I'm glad Mm -hmm. that that was brought up. Yeah, absolutely. We also talked a lot about the public safety departments and in Cherokee County, how they work so well together, all that they do for our community. And just wanted to shout out that Enjoy Cherokee Voices, Enjoy Cherokee Magazine, and WLJA 101.1 FM are going to be part of helping the Cherokee County Fire Department celebrate their Fire Safety Month in October. Yes, we have some pretty cool things coming up. So Coming up. Yeah, we're going to help spread the word and spread the education about Fire Safety Month. So Yes, so be looking out on our social medias and in our magazine and on our radio station for that information about fire safety. And right here. And, and right here on our podcast. That's right. <laughs>
Very good. Another thing is that we wanted to shout out some of Sally's favorite restaurants. She mentioned several. Uh, I think she had a hard time just picking one. She was so funny. She had a hard time with all of those questions. <laughs> yeah. She wanted to like go on and on. <laughs> it's quickie question, Sally. <laughs> so her first one was the Union Hill Grill. Um, that is at 5060 Sugar Pike Road in Canton. So visit them. Another was the Keithsburg Cafe, which is a really small mom and pop shop. It's at 2452 Ball Ground Highway in Canton. It's past the Canton Walmart, if you know where that is. And then the last was Georgian Hills Restaurant, which is at 69 Waleska Street in Canton. It's basically right across the street from where we are here at the Mill on Etowah. And if you haven't been to any of these local restaurants, we definitely encourage you to check them out. I, I Her look at Sally that. Sims recommendation. Sally yeah. Sims, yes. Actually, I see that Georgian Hills mm-hmm. restaurant across yeah. the street all the time. And I always wondered if it was good, and now yeah. she's really bragging it up. So yeah. shout out to them. Yeah, absolutely. Lots of good food here in Cherokee County. Yes, some of those hole-in-the-wall places are the by best. far the best. Yeah. Should we go to lunch there today, <gasps> Georgian Hills? Sure, why not? <laughs> Boom. All right, anything else? Those are all my fun facts. You had a lot of them today. Thank yeah. you for that. Lots of good info. Yeah. Well, we will see you next time. Until then, get out there and enjoy Cherokee. Yes. Have a good one.